Okay, how are you guys doing? We're back. Alright. So we're going to be talking about Ezra Miller. Haven't talked about him in a long, long time. Ezra Miller has been charged with felony burglary in Vermont. Ezra Miller, who is still set to lead the Warner Brothers film, The Flash, has been charged with felony burglary in Vermont. According to a police report, the filing states that the 29-year-old was charged for allegedly stealing bottles of alcohol from an unoccupied Stamford, Stamford, Vermont residence back in in May. The Vermont State Police was notified of a burglary complaint on May 1st with residents on the county road in Stamford reporting that several bottles of alcohol were taken from within the residence while the homeowners were not present. After an investigation that included surveillance footage and statements, police found probable cause to charge Miller with felony burglary into an unoccupied dwelling. Miller wasn't located by police until August 7th when they were issued a citation to appear in Vermont Superior Court September 26th for arraignment. The embattled actor has faced a number of allegations and controversies as of late. Miller was arrested twice in Hawaii earlier this year in March on charges of disorderly conduct and harassment and in April on an allegation of second-degree assault. The disorderly conduct charge resulted in a, in a no-contest plea from Miller, who was later released and fined $500. Two other charges obstructed obstruction of a public sidewalk and harassment were dropped. The actor was not charged in the second-degree assault investigation. The thing is, though, is like he hit a woman with a chair and he's still walking around. That's the thing. Two women have accused Miller of abuse, and last week an insider expose centered on two separate accounts from parents who alleged that Miller groomed their children or acted inappropriately with them, and all having obtained temporary protective orders against the actor. How do you let him get that close? I still want to know that. As for Miller's alleged activities in Vermont, a June Rolling Stone investigation stated that they have been housing a 25-year-old mother and her three children at their property. Sources with knowledge of the situation allege that Miller's 96-acre compound has been an unsafe environment for the children where attended where have unattended, unattended guns are scattered around the home. On the premises, representatives for Miller did not respond to Rolling Stone's request for comment or vanity affairs request for regarding the insider piece. Despite many storms Miller has weathered in recent months, Warner Bros. is still banking on them to lead for them to lead one of its superhero films. On a call with investors just last week, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zalsay said, We have seen The Flash, Black Adam, and Suzanne 2. We are very excited. The Flash is scheduled to hit the theaters on June 23, 2023. Hmm. They're still willing to use this guy. Interesting. Even though this guy is, uh, is basically... You know, messing around with a woman. Well, he was messing around with an underage girl for a certain amount of time. And the parents allowed that to happen. Don't tell me otherwise. You look into this. You could look into the story yourself and you could see like, yeah, he was allowed. He was he was he was given access. All right. Next story. Going to be talking about Terrell Owens and his battle with a Karen. 
Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. NFL Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. He's speaking out first right here to GMA about a heated argument he had with a woman in his neighborhood. It's all caught on camera. something because you hear her accuse Owens of harassing her and coming after her. His other offense, according to her, that you hear her say clearly, and I quote, you're a black man approaching a white woman. Now, he says that's when it goes from being something heated, exchange, as you say, to something potentially dangerous, and he wants her held accountable. Got out of his car and started harassing me. He put his car in park. Right, because you're going to yell at me and tell me I'm almost hit you, and I didn't. But you didn't have to get out of your NFL Hall of Famer Terrell Owens wants people to see this video he recorded of a heated exchange between him and his floor. Wait a minute. Someone tells you that they that they own that they hit you. You're gonna get out the car and to see that, you know, did I hit this person? You're gonna be concerned instead of just driving off. But come on. There's a lot of racism in this country. And I just look the side eye when Republicans say there is no racism in this country. A bunch of clowns and fools. Always have your, you always got to have your cell phone fully charged, enough space in your phone to record when you have to encounter these Karens. Or the neighbor. He ran the stop sign. Well, there is no stop sign. What are you talking about? Owens, a longtime NFL star, Eagles and Cowboys, was accused by a neighbor of speeding, nearly hitting her, and harassment. Owens keeps his camera rolling as their back and forth continues with an officer on scene. And then the woman makes this statement. Like I said, this could have turned really bad. Like I said, I don't know where it could have gone had the police come in and they basically took her word for something, you know, that she said that I didn't do or what have you. Um, like I said, we've seen it a number of other times as well. Owens spoke exclusively to GMA overnight about the incident and that racially charged statement. If the roles were reversed, I'd probably be, probably be in jail or something to that magnitude right now, honestly. And just the statement that she made, um, obviously, um, that came out of her mouth, the comments exactly was a black man approaching a white woman. I think that kind of uh, that kind of says what you want to know, you know what I mean, about the situation. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it, yes. I've seen it, but this is firsthand. Owens is now pushing for the woman to face consequences, retweeting this petition calling for her to face jail time for making a false police report. Owens believes accountability is important here in the wake of other recent high-profile incidents of police being called on black Americans under dubious pretexts for doing mundane things from walking, napping, sitting at a Starbucks, even bird watching. In that infamous case of the Central Park bird watcher, that woman was charged for filing a false police report. Owen says he's grateful for how police handled his situation. Honestly, I want to commend the Broward you know, police um, those policemen that came up because this could have been uh, this 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 could have gone totally left um, had they not come in and handled the situation the right way. Uh, we did reach out to the woman in this incident and we did not hear back from her. Uh, of course, we don't know what happened before the video. Of course, she didn't hear back from her because she knows she's in the wrong and she didn't get away with trying to get a black man locked up on false pretenses. 
people look at this, two neighbors get into it, somebody says something stupid, everybody move on. Others will look at this and are immediately reminded of a deep and difficult history in this country, documented history, of African Americans suffering bodily injury or death because of false accusations made by members of Emmett Till. Enough said. A white community. And we think that's so far in our past. Mm. What just happened a few months ago, Biden signed the Emmett Till yep. anti-lynching law. This year, in 2022, okay. after that young man whose death changed the course of this country, this video is not going to change that, but maybe the course of some of the... Hey, uh, Biden is not a friend of black people. He still hasn't helped with reparations. And wants to get, but he gave crack pipes to the black community, though. He gave crack pipes for people, for drug addicts who are going to frolic and infest the black community. Yeah, Joe Biden. Same person who wrote the crime bill. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden also, you know, the crime bill that Bill Clinton signed, and also Republicans came in and wanted to refuse to help the black leaders who came. To Bill Clinton and saying, listen, we want programs in our communities. Our communities are poor. Poverty drives up crime. We just want to be able to make our communities better. Bill Clinton lied about that. And then Republicans came in. They want to tough on crime. They want to pressure and enslave blacks and make sure they have the prison system filled with good working slaves. Okay. himself and a lot of us are trained to know how to always handle ourselves yeah. in those situations yeah. do not escalate no matter what all right thank you tj you got it. all right on to the next story Bronx, the bleed down Bronx. We're up with that one next. Congestion pricing continues to face more and more pushback. In fact, it's bringing lawmakers who are usually on opposite sides of issues together to try and put a stop to it. Fox Live's Antoine Lewis is live now in the Mount Haven section of the Bronx with the very latest on what is going on with this debate. Antoine. Well, so the concern here in the Bronx is that boulevards like this, Bruckner, that you're looking at, would become even... Is it fair to prioritize the public health of Manhattan at the expense 
of the public health in the Bronx. In its environmental assessment released last week, the MTA says the plan would have no adverse effect on regional air quality, but Bronx residents aren't so sure. More come to it's going to be, how I call them, detrimental. All the factories that they had back there, they added the Amazon um, factories back there and all that, with all them cars coming in and out. It's already traffic, and the traffic stops and all that. While Torres still supports congestion pricing, two of his Capitol Hill colleagues are flatly opposed. Staten Island Representative Nicole Maliotakis says the plan double charges her constituents. People of Staten Island already pay $550 to connect to the rest of the city. To now hit them over the head with another fee that could be as high as $23. While New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer is making the same case for Garden State residents. When it's driven now, for a long time at the top of our lungs about how bad of an idea this is, and they keep marching forward without considering the consequence on anybody else. At a news conference with Governor Hochul, MTA Chairman Jano Lieber addressed the criticism. Big picture, congestion pricing is reducing congestion and improving air quality. But depending on what version of it in terms of uh, the pricing and so on and so on that you choose, there may be localized impacts. The idea of the study is to mitigate those So, as you come back to us, Lori, a couple things we also want to let everyone know. There are seven scenarios involving the congestion program that they are looking into. No fees have been determined as of yet. Virtual, virtual public comment on this issue begins on August 25th. We're in my... All right. So, people are doing what they can to try and avoid paying those tolls. Because everything is going up. Inflation is creeping up on the necks of many New Yorkers. Okay, think food's going up, a lot of things are going up. Okay, and the rubber's gonna meet the road. And yeah, air is <laughs> sooner or later, the air is gonna be very, very, very um, hard to breathe in New York. It's, it's gonna be that way, unfortunately. Okay, now we have another. Uh, story of women attacking each other and possibly over a dude well let's check it out let's learn let's let's watch together hard talk radio live in 4k Two women lured another to her death. Gwinnett County Police tell us 30-year-old Ashley Bocanet died from the injuries she received in a fight Thursday afternoon at a Buford apartment complex. Our Paula Suro has been on top of the story all day, speaking to many of her family members. And Paula, uh, this is just a tragic story. How did this all happen here? Well, you know, Jennifer, the arguments seem to stem from an apparent love triangle. Gwinnett County Police say Ashley Bocaneda made it to the hospital but didn't get to walk out alive because of the beatings she endured. Now her sister and cousin are planning a somber trip to bring her back to her family. I knew it. It was a love triangle. I knew it. That was the last time Jessica Roche spoke to her sister, 30-year-old Ashley Bocanegra, 
Today, she's wishing she had a chance to properly say goodbye. They uh, fractured her ribs and her liver. She couldn't breathe out her mouth. They had to put the tube. They can't even accept her in that hospital. They had to fly her to another hospital where she was pronounced dead before they even did the surgery. All of that, a result of a fight that took place at this apartment complex on Buford Drive, just a mile away from the Mall of Georgia. Gwinnett County Police say 27-year-old Antonetta Stevens and 17-year-old Janine Gonzalez lured Boca Negra here Thursday around 1 o'clock, stole her phone, then beat her so badly she died hours later. Homicide detectives were notified from local hospital that the woman had showed up with serious injuries. Police were able to arrest the two women after receiving a call from someone who witnessed the attack earlier in the day. The detectives had to, to work fast to uh, try to bring this family some relief to the unfortunate incident that occurred. Police say Gonzalez's brother was in a romantic relationship with both Stevens and Boca Negra, and that this love triangle was the motive behind this attack. Jessica- yep, it was over a dude. Over a dude. Oh, man. And he's gonna still go out and date somebody else. It's not just men who are simps and doing this. It's women, too. sister even had a seven-year-old son with that man and that he was the one who took her to the hospital. If it wasn't for him, none of this would have happened, honestly. Both Gonzalez and Stevens have since been charged with aggravated battery robbery. Interesting point. Interesting point. When it's the man doing this type of uh, nonsense, they blame the man. When it's the woman doing this type of nonsense, all of a sudden, they you're, you know... It's victim blaming. It's always like, why can't you hold the man accountable? I see that. I see that. And felony murder. I'm very angry with those girls. They lucky the cops got them. She was beautiful inside out, so I could see why they were jealous. And jealousy is an ugly trait to have. Now that person you just heard from is Ashley's cousin, Brianna, who lives in New York. Ashley's whole family actually lives there. Now they're trying to bring her body back home. So they started this fundraiser for those efforts as well as for her seven-year-old child. We've got that link on 11alive.com. Just to see. Yeah, it's always the man's fault. It is always the man's fault. Okay? You, you, You can... Do a whole bunch of stuff You could run around Give a bunch of men HIV, STDs You know It's the man's fault That's it That's why you really can't trust feminists Just can't Alright, next story This is a sad story This is one of a mother who was arrested Because when she was at a funeral She, this happened Share this story. Second. Yep, here we are. Let's 
catch it in time, so just gonna read it. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, mother arrested on murder charges at funeral home after her baby drowns in the bathtub. Decatur, Georgia, Lithonia mother was arrested in her infant's drowning death while she was at a funeral home Thursday, according to the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office. Shaquilla Fister, 31, of Lithonia, was arrested and charged with second-degree murder in the drowning death of her baby, seven-month-old Jaloni Small. Fester was taken into custody at Dakota Funeral Home. According to the warrant, the child was left alone in a bathtub on July 30th. She was taken to the hospital but died several days later on August 4th. Fester was taken to DeKalb County Jail where she's held without bond. Small's funeral is scheduled for Friday at Peace Baptist Church in Decatur. It's a sad story, man. A lot of these women don't need to be... They don't need to be parents. They just need to find a nice adoptive agency, check out the parents, vet the foster parents, and let that child be with the parents. That's what they need to do. Okay? That's what needs to happen. Because you can't do the job. That's it. That's it. You can't do the job. Alright? And you have to let somebody else take over. That's just it. Alright, here's a story from Charlottesville about a black woman police chief who tries to do the right thing and uh, try to reform the police department. But this happens instead. Right, this is what happens. I'm gonna talk about it right here. Ta-da! Sars first black woman chief fired as officers refused to comply. She was hired to restore public trust in the police department after a Miss Dummer, a Miss a Midsummer meeting in June 2021. Newly hired police chief Rochelle. Brackney felt the need to double down on her personal safety, unholstering her gun as she left headquarters. Brackney's fear, however, was not prompted by the activity on the streets or even the ongoing public threats made against the police department over the years. Instead, she found herself afraid of her own subordinates, cops who wanted her gone after making some controversial yet necessary shakeups throughout the force. The same year, an internal probe was being conducted of the 15-member SWAT team according to the report obtained by the Washington Post, where more than just a few issues that required addressing. There was evidence of several officers making racist remarks, one text in particular that read that they should take out the command staff. And while Brackney found it disconcerting, most of the others on staff blew the comment off. The report additionally found an officer training a new hire on how to hide misconduct. Brackney had only been hired four years prior in the wake of the infamous Charlottesville riots in 2017. As unite the right members and alleys filled the streets with terror and white supremacist hatred, the day's events led to the death of 32-year-old Heather Hayer and others, and the severe injuries of several others after James A. Field Jr. drove his car through a crowd of people protesting against the presence of white nationalist groups. The hiring of the city's first black woman police chief was intended to be a step 
in the direction for an area that dealt with underlying racism and systematic oppressive issues long before the fa that fateful day. Her role was to help the city save face as Charlottesville quickly became synonymous with white hate as well as help to restore public trust in government. However, not long after Brackney was sworn in, she was already catching a glimpse of the challenges she was to encounter in the upcoming years. In her first few days, the new police chief says that she was approached in the hall by a commander who told her, I voted Republican and I don't drink any and I don't drink any effing pumpkin lattes. And they say there's no racism in the Republican Party. Or Republicans aren't racist. Okay. Bragney realized that the police department was operated in, with a toxic insular culture that promoted us versus them mentality as the relationship between the public and the government remained fractured after 2017. She really got to work on rectifying this issue. First, she withdrew officers from a regional drug task force, which she saw was targeting the low-level drug users instead of drug pushers. She then made a move to take resource officers out of schools, when often leads to the criminalization of behavior on disciplinary issues. Brackley also not a fan of special units, as she believed that they were blind spots in the police departments where misconduct and corruption occurs, but everyone was not in agreement. Many officers felt that, dissolve, that dissolving the special units weakened the department's ability to fight crime, and were also disheartened by the fact that they felt that the potential to pre be promoted to specific roles were not stripped from their career vision boards. They also said that Brackney was negative and too quick to punish officers even as investigators were, investigations were concluded. They even accused her of pushing her own political aspirations. My first concern is that the chief is more focused on her political career and personal interests over the safety and mental health of, all, of our officers. One officer wrote she will hang any officer out to dry before she admits any personal wrongdoing. Um... Many of the officers and other government officials also questioned Bracken's ability to lead effectively. In order to dismantle systematic racism and eliminate police violence and misconduct in Charlottesville, we need a leader who is not only knowledgeable in the work that work, but also is effective building collaborative relations with the community and the department and the team at City Hall, manager Chip Boyles wrote in a news release. Unfortunately, this is what's going to happen. Ultimately, the department was left with a third of his positions opened after many officers had been fired or willingly resigned. Boyles fired Rachel Brackney on September 1st of last year, and the former police chief is now suing both gender and race-based discrimination. Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. You know, you have a good old boys group there, and they don't want to change. They want the right to act any way they choose. And the last thing they're going to do is let a black woman, black person, period, try to restore law and order. And actually to save face within the police department. So you can never try to change these or this uh, police department. You cannot change the Democrat Republican Party from within. They're not going to change. Okay, there's too much money to be made. Being racist, ignoring racism. Or if you're on the Democratic side, there's too much money to um, let minority communities fall apart. Hire puppet government officials to let the black cities fall apart. Too much money either side. It's racism on both sides. One's in your face, one is subtle. 
All right, how many of you heard about the Taliban? Been a long time, huh? Let's hear what the Taliban's doing. but also another consequential event, the Taliban's return to Afghanistan. It was on this day in 2021, that's last year, when the Taliban took over Kabul. Today is the first anniversary of that grim occasion, one that fundamentally transformed Afghanistan. From a democratic country, it became an Islamic emirate. One year on, how is Afghanistan faring? Here's a report. August 15, 2021. After a nationwide light offensive and a hasty escape by American troops, the Taliban made a grand return to Kabul. Bearded Taliban fighters, some hoisting rifles, staged a victory on the streets of the capital, marking a stunningly swift end to the 20-year war. A year since that dramatic day, much has changed in Afghanistan. Taliban are struggling to govern. They're internationally isolated and economically weak. Their policies have driven millions into poverty. Their decrees have limited the liberties of women. But not everybody has a problem with it, especially not Islamists like these. Armed with rifles and hardline slogans, they celebrated independence in Kabul. Freedom, which they say was bestowed upon them by their God. With God's help, everything is possible. We were not worthy of it, but we have reached here with God's help. We will never forget in our life the happiness of that day, when God gave us such a victory. So we are very happy, thanks to God. For ordinary Afghans, there's nothing divine about Taliban rule, especially for Afghan women. They're now covered head to toe every time they're in public. And they're dispersed with force if they try to protest. Watch how. These images are just a glimpse into the plight of Afghan women. The full scale of their predicament is much worse. They have been removed from top levels of administration. They have been banned from getting secondary education. They can no longer appear in television dramas. They cannot travel without a male family member. They don't get caps if they aren't wearing hijabs. And in some areas, they cannot even get a driver's license. The big difference we see in our life is that all the girls' school are banned. We have not studied for the past one year, and this is hard to be compensated. My job was so valuable to me. I loved my job. We were so happy. But when the Taliban came, they did not allow us to go to work, saying, go back to your houses. We don't want women to work. As gender inequality worsens, so is the humanitarian situation. 
The numbers tell you the story. Some 3.4 million Afghans remain displaced. Over 20 million are at risk of food insecurity. 95% of them are skipping at least one meal every day. And one million children below five face prolonged malnutrition. These images are from the Indira Gandhi Children's Hospital in Kabul. As of August 15th, this hospital had no vacancies. All the beds and wards were full, with babies squeezed into cots two or three at a time. It's a fact that misery and poverty is increasing in our country day by day. The higher the poverty rates, the more malnutrition cases there are. I urge the international community and others assisting organizations to help the poor people, especially those suffering from malnutrition. As the health infrastructure crumbles, Afghanistan's social security is in tatters too. Explosions and suicide attacks have not stopped. If anything, they've grown in number. In 2022 alone, there have been 16 terror attacks. The last one unfolded on August 7th. A bomb blast targeting the Shia minority. Eight people died, 22 were injured. The victims say their country is as unsafe as it was. On the one hand, the economic situation is difficult. On the other hand, security situation is getting worse day by day. We will witness the same explosions and suicide attacks we used to witness in the past. And on the international level, the Taliban are far from any recognition. They've had to... Unfortunately, this is, this is what happened, you know, when uh, Joe Biden left, you know, the people there. The Afghan citizens, they were so terrified that they even held on to the planes that was carrying the U.S. soldiers out of there because they didn't want to stay in Afghanistan. They did not want to stay. That's how bad it was because they knew when the Taliban took over, you know, and Joe Biden left military equipment over there too. They knew when they took over, everything would be sent back under um, Islamic rule. Now these women are in very harsh conditions. And uh, people are starving. sad yeah I, I um, I'm for gender roles and everything but I, I you know I am for a woman being able to work and able to provide for herself especially she has no husband okay it's sad what's going on in this uh, what's going on here it really is Things aren't going to go better, get better, they're going to get worse. Alright, on to the next one. Next story.
Six Flags shootout. Shootout at Six Flags. Here we go. Start with breaking news. Three people are shot in the parking lot of Six Flags Great America, sending the park and crowd into chaos. Chopper 2 is live over the scene. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dana Cosmo. I'm Chris Ty. Welcome to our viewers on TV and on our digital streaming network, CBS News Chicago. CBS 2's Sabrina Franza is in Gurney. Sabrina, the park was filled with families when this happened. They must have been terrified. Hi, Dana. Hi, Chris. Three people were shot in the parking lot here outside of the Six Flags Park. If I take a step out of the way, you can still see just how many police cars are still on scene here. The person that did this is still not found. The investigation very much ongoing. We did just hear from Six Flags telling us that three people were injured this evening after shots were fired from a single car that was in this parking lot. That car immediately drove away. Now park security personnel, officers, the police department, they're all here. It responded to the scene. Emergency services on here as well. We had Chopper 2 in the air. We arrived a few moments ago. Talked to a few witnesses on the way here, people that were inside the park. I want to show you some witness video that was sent to us here now you can see just how many people were scattered running across the park across the parking lot we were told that there was only one exit at the time of the shooting so once people heard about this they all tried to get out of the park as soon as possible you had families with strollers children all trying to get out some people trying to climb over fences to get out of the park as fast as possible we spoke with that woman on facetime who said this was absolutely chaos Later, when we arrived on scene, we actually also spoke with an employee who was in the park at the time. He helped hide some of the people while all of this chaos was going on. Take a listen. I saw the security start running. People start running. I'm like, yeah, this is serious. Mm -hmm. We heard over the radio, close our buildings, ensure all our team members and our guests are safe. Guests had to run in our building. We had to... Um, them safe as our team members are safe as well but i'm glad everyone is safe our guests and our team members it was an experience that i never thought i would experience but it's something i never want to experience again Dana, Chris, we're learning that the park actually closed early after this happened. We do not know of any arrests at this time. Again, three people were injured after shots fired from a vehicle here in the parking lot of this Six Flags. We do not know their conditions. No arrests, and the investigation is ongoing. We're live in Gurney. Sabrina Franza, CBS 2 News. Sabrina, quick question for you. Any word on an update from or any sort of information from police tonight? We keep actually pressing police to see if there's going to be any sort of press conference to give an update as to what exactly happened. So far, we've only heard from Six Flags, the park itself. Earlier when we arrived on scene, we were actually pushed off across the way from this park for a staging area across the street at a Burger King that's here. But now since we've gotten a little bit closer, hopefully we'll hear something in the few coming few hours or so. And of course, we'll bring you that information as soon as we have it. But right now, no word from police team. This is a lot of shootouts happening, man. A lot of a lot of crazy stuff. People just losing it. I don't know why. They just going crazy. They're just shooting. Um, think they could go to a park. I don't care what you're going through. You don't have the right to go off and start just shooting people. Okay.
we have a mental health crisis in this country and we have people who are not you know being punished I don't care if you have a mental illness and we have to differentiate between people who are who really have a mental illness and from those who are mental illness but are able body meaning they know when to eat they don't want to sleep they know when to drive they can drive a car those type of people they need to be prosecuted whatever medication you'll get in prison other than that justice has to be served okay The next one is just, you know, there has to be justice with these health codes because you got restaurants just, just disgusting. Just straight out, just disgusting. That's how I see it. It's nasty. Chick-fil-A on the menu. I don't want it though. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. With a cult following, at least a cult-like following, yeah. and a good track record. With to cleverness, well, until now. Tonight, one location with an issue so serious they were ordered shot. Plus, an employee at Krusty Krab in Lauder Hill that wants to fight. Here's investigator Jeff Weinsier with tonight's Dirty Dining Report. Congratulations. You guys are the first to, first Chick-fil-A to make the Dirty Dining list. Can we talk about Sure. We are at the Chick-fil-A in North Miami Beach, 820 Northeast 167th Street to be exact. This is a relatively new location. Last week an inspector was here based on a complaint found 30 violations in order the place shut. Flies, roaches, objectionable odors, cleanliness yeah. issues. All of that. Not what we expect from us. All of that was, was to resolve. We'll contact you guys as, as soon as our PRC is ready. Among the violations, roaches spotted crawling on walls in several spots. Flies found all over the place, from the kitchen to the front counter. Food contact surfaces were not properly sanitized. According to records, the inspector was back the next day. Many of the violations still existed. They were not allowed to reopen after that first initial reinspection. He never called. Neither did Chick-fil-A PR even after we reached out to them. We moved to Lauder Hill, also ordered shut last week, this crafty crab at 4202 North University Drive. 32 violations were found inside. An employee headed to the kitchen to get the manager, and this man emerged. I want to talk to somebody about the inspection. You're a felon, so I can't report you? What, 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 where, where's that rule come in? I'm not in your face. Among the violations here last week, quote, 30 or more. If you're a felon, hmm, you, you already served your time, it shouldn't matter if you're on camera. So that, that's telling me you're, what, you're hiring people that have cases pending or what's going on here? And you telling the cameraman to get out my face with that? Now people got to look into your history and they got to look into the hiring process of Chick-fil-A now. Can't make this up. Four live roaches coming from walls behind ovens where corn and potatoes are cooked. What? Droppings spotted throughout the storage area. Yo! to 50 dead roaches throughout the kitchen. The dish machine, can opener, slicer head, soda nozzles had mold-like buildup. 
when we were leaving, the front door kept opening. We were asked if we wanted to fight, and then the middle finger. This is the person Crafty Crab wants representing them? Hey, grow up, man. Grow up. Our final stop, Galoopy's on the green. It's on the grounds of the Pompano Air Park, the address 1103 North Federal Highway. It is in Pompano Beach. An inspector was also here last week based on a complaint. Because it was based on a complaint, they had to shut us down. No, that's not how it works. You see, the inspector found 23 violations here. There was a roach, a fly, and an ant issue. You're more than welcome to tour the restaurant, front and back, coolers. Restaurant's never been cleaner. This place also ordered shut last month as well. Also among last week's violations, sausage links with mold-like growth. A stop sale ordered on brisket and prime rib. They were out of temperature. Raw chicken was thawing at room temperature on a table. Raw shrimp thawing in standing water. This is nasty. This is nasty. Chicken being thawed at room temperature, shrimp being thawed at room temperature, that could be... We had the delivery that day. Um, you know, we've now since changed our delivery times. And remember that offer to tour the place? Well, probably best if we schedule time to come, in, come back. So we couldn't now. All the places we just mentioned were allowed to reopen following an ordered cleanup and then a re-inspection. I can't believe I'm hearing this. You want people to eat there? Nah, man. Nah, 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 man. Nah. It's insane crap, bro. Insane crap. Just not happening. Just not happening. Okay, so we have here a man basically knows how to protect himself and uh, basically he stood up for the elderly. I like that. Let's take a look. A new video shows a man attack another man, an elderly man, then try to get away.
Okay. Um, the reality is, is uh, people are going to have to do that. Okay, they're going to have to. Um, they're going to have to take, you know, things into their own hands, because people are going to form gangs and they're going to start trying to see who they could take advantage over, who they could get over, and that's just that is that's just the facts. All right, people have to learn to protect themselves. Okay. And there's going to be times when no one's going to be there to protect you. All right. We're living in a very ugly world. And this world is getting increasingly evil. And they're going to try and take advantage of you. They're going to try and, you know... Make your life miserable They're going to try And Find ways If they can get away with harming you Okay And that is just That is just the facts When it comes to those things Okay That's what's going to go down. Unfortunately. Alright. That's all I got for now. And um, I hope you enjoyed the stream. Later. Anything you want to know about this uh, channel? It's in the comment section. I mean, I'm not in the comment section. It's in the description box. Okay? Like, share comment and subscribe share the hell out of this video later